Hey guys, welcome to the unprocessed filter. Well, welcome back. If you're new, you're welcome, and I hope you enjoy the episode. I am your host, T. Lucy, and today I'm with Michelle Seluli uh, Vilagati, and we are going to be discussing on mental health. I know we moved from makeup to, you know, the LGBTQ community and episode three is about mental health and its disorders so the reason i chose this topic is because i saw something on instagram that said um why do our friends find comfort in death than to find comfort in talking to us so basically saying why is it easy for someone to commit suicide than for them to talk because we think oh no but i'm, I'm your friend i'm there you should talk to me but they still don't have the courage to. So the reason, another reason I, I chose mental health is because last week was mental health awareness. So we decided, eh, why not? Because it, it's a topic that is not really discussed, but uh, I hope we will we'll do some justice to it. So hi, Michelle, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. And you? I'm- okay, thank you. Um, so let us start i feel like i have so many questions for you uh but uh i hope that uh i hope you'll be as as clean as possible (laughs) (laughs) and i hope i'm not stepping on anyone's toes you know um but what do you what what do you what is mental health disorder like let's start there for people that don't know because also for me it took me quite a while to to understand what it was or what it is Oh, wow. it's, it, I, I think that's not a simple question to answer because, for one, even the language we use um, is, is pretty important. Some people may mm-hmm. feel stigmatized by referring to it as a disorder because what is normal when it comes to mental health? That, that okay. At the same time, mental illness is real. There's varying degrees of mental illness. There's, there's, there's depression. Depression even in itself can be manic. It can be bipolar. You, I, and I, I don't pretend to be an expert on this. I'm barely an expert on my own mental illnesses, let alone anyone mm-hmm. else's. There's anxiety disorders. There's any random scope. It, it can be some it's 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 like any illness you can have as a person the only difference is this is illness that affects your mental health and your nervous system versus physiological illnesses that affect your physical body so maybe because it's not as tangible as having a broken arm that's that makes it more Mm. difficult for people to comprehend or be able to sympathize or empathize with Okay. Um, so speaking about depression, because that's the first mm-hmm. one you started with. I know that you used to or still maybe do suffer from depression. And my question to you is how, how did you get to know that this is not just being sad, this is being depressed? How do you know that? Yeah, I you you know, I always think back and the the earliest moment I remember actually feeling like I want to die. I was maybe seven, eight years old. So it's it's not something that perhaps was triggered by trauma because depression can't be triggered by trauma, but it's just always been something that's been in me. And I had what 
on on paper seems like a happy life normal nuclear family very present parents mm-hmm. pre- pretty good school life as well there wasn't anything external it was internal in me and i i the way i i i, I look at depression within me is that it 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 was it it ebbs and flows sometimes it's a small dot sometimes it's a it's a giant dog chasing me in my mind and other times it's a huge bear that's completely engulfed my mind and part of it was just the feeling that something isn't complete that happening that being happy that a, a joy isn't complete there's something missing in the feelings or in the moments of joy and the moments of anger or sadness engulf me more than they should that there's this diminished capacity to feel and then the things that i do feel overwhelm me and it's been a journey i i i could never be so arrogant enough as to say that i used to suffer from depression because i i still have triggers i still have days where i don't feel and i still have days when i feel sad and i still have days when i struggle with regulating my own emotions but the journey has been recognizing the triggers and recognizing when i'm starting to fall back into patterns that could send me into the darkness i don't know i feel like i'm speaking okay. a bit too metaphorically <laughs> no, I understand. And I'm sure a lot of people do or rather sure I'm sure that um a lot of people that suffer from the same um thing maybe can relate better than myself of course. Um so one like w- as you said it it wasn't sometimes it's a small dot, sometimes it's a big bear. Do you do you do you have like specific things that make you feel depressed or it just you just wake up and you're like okay today's not my day? I have I have days where it feels like I I am not in control of what I'm feeling everything that whatever it is because the thing is depression can manifest in different ways it's not just extreme sadness. So I have days when that which I'm experiencing completely completely controls me and sometimes depression is just you can't get out of bed you can't clean your room you can't wash your hair that you just don't have anything you don't have any energy in you to even be to even exist it feels like you you in this out of body experience and then there are other times when something external triggers you because there's also you know you have your PTSDs and your your post traumatic stress disorders and sometimes things trigger you um that 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 trigger those feelings of depression and and there's also the reality that if you have other mental health struggles or you've experienced some form of trauma that depression even itself feels familiar it feels like a safe place that if i'm in my depressive cocoon then i don't Mm-hmm. have to struggle with anxiety or i don't have to struggle with 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 whatever trauma i'm dealing with see the kicker then happens when your anxiety and your depression to start having a tag team in your mind because that's so much fun you're so anxious but depression has you flat on the bed on your bed because you can't do anything about it that that's awesome not 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you just <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um okay. So at the age of mm-hmm. 8, that's when you felt first that you know what I want to die. Mm-hmm. What is there something specific that had happened then or it was just you were tired of feeling like something Yeah, missing? it just nothing. You don't I mean, for the most part I had what would seem like an incredibly happy life it was just me i, I was ill and okay that I, that's the first cognizant moment i had of just not wanting to be here like the feeling of just being unmoored and sometimes i think I've, I've heard different people have different metaphors for depression sometimes i think for me maybe i think of the human mind as being a box so if every person has maybe a six by six box where this is where you you, your emotions work this is where your feelings and everything that you have to do happens within the six by six box but for me my mind always felt like i have the six by six box but i only have access to like a five by five part of the box i know that this the rest is like about nine squares centimeters that are left that i can't access i know they're there and i know they're in the darkness but all i have is a smaller part of the box to access so everything that i feel everything that i live everything that i experience i experience in the small diminished box that's how i've I've come to see it now but when you're younger you can't conceptualize that you can't intellectualize that when you're younger all you know is that everything just feels like everything or it feels like nothing it feel you feel you feel cold and empty or you feel extremely full and and that's that's something that i had to learn how to live with so you grew up knowing that there's something wrong with you you just didn't you couldn't yeah, put a finger I, I on it i didn't know what it was i mean yeah okay okay so um you wanted to die at eight but did you take any action not not at eight i don't no not at eight i mean i've had several suicide attempts the the one thing i will say is i am very terrible at suicide so there's <laughs> truth to that <laughs> i know we, we, we love to keep from crying but yeah um mm. i think if my math is correct i think my my earliest attempt was at 15 then okay um the next was at um 18 and there was 20 and 23 yeah what so like i said i suck bruh four times and you're still here i think you better stop trying because oh i need, I, oh, I need to change you're not going anywhere evidently i mean if you keep trying if you keep doing something <laughs> insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results at some point in time you gotta click and yeah. realize that girl that method isn't working maybe <laughs> try something no, but oh I my gosh it. so with with the last time okay with the first time you tried when you realize when you open your eyes well, la, la, when you opened mm-hmm. your eyes sorry and realized oh I'm still alive. Was it? Oh, I'm still alive, or was it? Oh my gosh! I can't believe I it almost did that. It was crushing disappointment. 
like no was, way i th- i honestly i think that's like the moment of when like the, it's like really dude so you can't even do this one thing right it was it was wow. honestly crushing disappointment and also because the unfortunate thing is and the the evidence of what i had tried to do was there so it wasn't like okay just pretend like everything's cool no my parents knew what had gone or what had happened so it was like Mm. okay so now but did they did they put you on watch like for a while after like were they scared like would would they be like don't lock your room did they now walk around like they're you know we should be conscious of this person that might take their life that might try to do it again they were but they tried to be nonchalant about it in in yeah it, it never felt like they were hovering so to speak but i was aware of their presence but what okay mm-hmm. so you tried the first time you tried the second time still nothing you woke up and still was like were you still disappointed that like seriously i think the way? only time i ever woke up feeling some form of relief was maybe was when i woke up in icu because i think for that it was just the shock of okay i'm here and the doctors and everything and what's going on and i think also because it had taken such a long time the method that i used it had taken such a long time to take that i had thought oh okay shots it didn't work i guess i guess i'm stuck here Gani, i had spent the whole day i was so happy i was like yes this is it this is finally this is the moment and i think that's something people take don't know don't realize is that when you have someone in your life mm-hmm. who suffers who, stru- who suffers from depression or who has depression and they suddenly out of nowhere they've been in a depressive episode for maybe weeks and then out of nowhere they're so happy and they're so excitable and they're so just in a good mood it's like no it's not a breakthrough you need to watch that person very closely because there's a very good chance that they've decided to finally free themselves and the the reason they're so, so happy is that they know that they no longer have very soon they no longer have to live mm. Mm. so you you literally thought you'd find comfort yeah. in death there's no one that you could have turned to to say bruh i'm i'm suffering from abc because is it because you think we 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 won't understand or you why why death you know I think I think de- choosing death is testament of, of hope sometimes it's it's not the hope that death will be better but let me phrase that you're not you, you, I, I wasn't seeking death because I thought that death would be better I was seeking death because I just wanted the pain to stop and no one alive could have taken that pain from me I I don't know okay. what conversation I could have had that could have kept me off the proverbial ledge. At the same time, you I understand the difficulties that loved ones have when someone dies of by suicide or dies of suicide because mm-hmm. you wonder what was it that you could have said, what was it that could, you could have done, what was it that you could have been for that person. Mm. But at the end of the day, 
all you can be is there but short of physically restraining someone i don't know what anyone could have done for me at that point in time so growing up do you do you wish um you knew more about these things and like do you wish maybe you had a therapist i don't even know if we have therapists back yeah. home because that's how much i don't yeah, know we about have clinical psychologists at home i mean not as not as many as you would hope for because i think particularly if you watch tv if you've never been to a therapy session is you don't appreciate the fact that you don't just get a breakthrough like that and i think that's a, another difficulty that people have is that they expect that i'm going to go to see a therapist and they're going to sit me down and we're going to have a cup of coffee and then they're going to tell me that xyz is my problem and then i'm going to walk away and i'm going to be fixed except therapy is a continuous process you can go anything from mm. 10 to 30 sessions without having a breakthrough and sometimes maybe you just don't gel with your therapist which means you have to change therapist and i think can because there's such a scarcity of therapists maybe you feel guilty about switching both now someone and i pick and pay without any no leave leave the therapist if they're not working for you because it's your mental health first and foremost and mm. and sometimes mm. it's not even with the therapist issue sometimes it's just you just don't have that rapport with them or maybe their methods don't work with you and they'll work with someone else but again we have a very limited number of therapists okay and in taiwan akona it's not like it's per, it's a perfect situation because it, i just i remember a mm. friend of mine was telling me that they they tried to go to a therapist here and i honestly this is the worst story i've ever heard about about going to a therapist they went to the therapist and they told the therapist their issues this is what's going on this is going on in my life this is where i'm from etc etc and then the therapist looks at them and they were like yo i don't know how i can help your problems dude and i know oh. can you imagine you're struggling with your mental illness you finally oh. found the courage to go and see a doctor and then the doctor mm. tells you i'm sorry your problems are too big for me like what 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 are you saying to that person are you saying they must give up mm and just yeah so, that's like, true exactly so like even even mental health care isn't perfect if someone who's trained to do this wow. can just be so <sighs> blase about people's problems wow. but yeah but sometimes you do get a really really good therapist who works who helps you appreciate because for me i had i had to hold the mirror up to myself and own up to my own difficulties and also own up to the fact that I like to martyr myself. I like to pretend like I I am the strong person and that everything that goes wrong is within mm. my control. And part of it has been learning how to let go and how mm. to appreciate the fact that I I am important but I'm not the most important sum of all the parts, you know everything else yeah. is big. Oh, I'm not the important part in the sum. The sum itself exists rather. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, um how can one help as a friend if I have a depressed friend like yourself? <laughs> I'm joking. But you I think with you I've learned mm-hmm. to give you your space because there's a time that you just go in a cocoon and you just like like you're just off of everything. No one can get to you. Like no one can get to you and then when you resurface you come back and everything's normal everything's fine 
I mean, it is scary when you when you cocoon yourself because we. I in my head, I'm like, please. I just hope she's not thinking of killing herself. But as a friend, what can one do, or as a family member, if you have have or you know someone who's suffering from depression or anxiety like what is it that you can do to help them something that you as a a victim not a victim but as a person who goes through like these episodes what would you want a person to do for you and not you know offend you or you know annoy you because we tend sometimes as as people we tend to think we're helping whereas we're really not it's just i annoying. think i mean what you said from uh, initially was about the, the the knowing what to do with someone be respectful of that person's coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and ap- acknowledge the person's feelings because someone else may want you to be present physically present with them they may need to have you there but that's not everyone and it's important to appreciate the fact that some people just they they know what's wrong they know what's wrong with them they know there's something wrong with them they don't need to be coddled through it and appreciate the fact that it's an illness like if you if you're gonna be like how you I, I don't go and ask someone to help. You know, what part I ask my there's so much air in the in the, you know in the world. Like it's, it's, it's basically the same thing. I like that example. It's, it's, I like that example. It's like why, why are you being depressed? You know, mm. life is so nice. You know, there's this, there's that. Okay, yeah. Why do you have mm. asthma? There's so much air. Yeah, I think it's a very it's a very um, good example because as you said it's mental it's but still it's a sickness still a and it can still be treated just because just because i'm not using crutches it doesn't mean i'm you know i'm okay i hear you and what what's one thing that you think we shouldn't do as people that are trying to help people that are suffering from depression or anxiety or mental disorders don't tell someone that it's all in their head or that it will go away or just don't be blase about it don't try and diminish okay. what someone is experiencing just because you don't you've never experienced it and don't don't patronize you don't patronize people don't be like oh no it'll get better don't worry like, i wish i could just be happy you know it's, it's a struggle that I've, i had with family that is like can't you just choose to be happy and it's like no i can't and i really really want to choose to be happy but i physically Mm. can't and it's so frustrating because you you you're dealing with everything that's going on in your own self you have to explain it to someone else and another thing I think also mm. is and it's not just people who've never experienced depression it's also people who've, who have experienced depression or mental health issues is that medication isn't a panacea it's not like something that will just make you snap out of it or whatever it's it's treatment it's not a cure and I remember the first time I realized that antidepressants weren't going to just make me happy it was like what because I thought I thought like antidepressants like you, you take them and 
all of a sudden like it's a happy pill it's like you know you know on in tv when someone takes cocaine mm. they, they just become so like the life mm. of, i thought that's what happens and all mm. they do is they just they just make you neutral which means treatment it wow. has to happen it's not just the medication it has to happen in tandem with therapy it has to happen in tandem with a lot of self introspection and people in your life need to appreciate that you're not just going to go to one therapy session you're not going to get one um course of medication and suddenly become the whoever they expect you to be or, or become quote unquote cured it's it's a process and it's it's a part of life i mean people who have heart disease take medication for the rest of their lives people who have diabetes take medication for the rest of their lives it's tempting to mm. want to like put stuff away once you feel like hey i have the stuff under control but you kind of forget that the reason things got under control was because you had the stuff like you feel like oh why do i need to go to therapy i had a breakthrough last week but you still need to go because you mm. need to process the breakthrough mm. and yeah and yeah you the 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 truth is mm-hmm. like there's always temptation to like quit just like birth control medication everyone has different reactions to birth control some people lose weight some people gain weight some people's skin looks great some people's skin looks terrible after taking you know birth control and mm-hmm. those things make you self-conscious and it's the same thing with antidepressants and for me my struggle was like okay i've had i've had struggles with EDs and now all of a sudden you have struggles with eating disorders and now you're going to take antidepressants and you're going to gain weight and it started feeling like I was stuck in my own mind and I, I, I talked to not my doctor but a doctor at home who was like maybe talk to your doctor about switching um, brands or switching um, actual what, what medication you're on and you realize that there's so much choice available if you just open yourself up to actually consulting with people because it might seem like a small thing like really you're struggling with depression and now you're stressed about your antidepressants making you gain weight but if that thing is going to make you stressed then it's going to defeat the purpose of the medication you're taking so you need to Mm. acknowledge everything else if you're worried about taking antidepressants because of xyz you need to talk to your doctor about that because these are the things that are gonna sit and make you more reluctant to take them so does the medication have side effects it oh yes it depends like any antidepressant has like dozens of 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 list of disclaimers like may cause xyz so it depends on the person it may some may cause anxiety some may cause mania some may cause like even physical like illnesses like oh it may cause you to have um, bowel issues or stomach issues it may cause you to have headaches it may cause you to have nausea it really just depends on every person like i said like birth control everyone has different reactions to it so mm. it's if you have side effects that are so terrible that they, that it seems like not taking medication is a better option talk to your doctor about it and you can switch to a different type of medication maybe switch to a different dosage it's yeah because it's a lot so with 
with anyone right now who might be listening and maybe was thinking after i listen to the part to this podcast i'm just gonna kill myself what would you say to them what i would say to them is that it all gets better in the end and if it's not better it's not the end we there's no reason to live life thinking about next week or next month think about the next hour because life is daunting if you look at it in terms of the long term even tomorrow is scary but if you live it in this moment and take each moment as it comes just small steps I, I, I'd ask them to just take one small step a, a little movement forward and not worry about the greatest steps in, in the in the near or distant future and we all have something that we cling to whether it's something that you're willing to admit to other people whether it's something that you think is silly whether it's something that you think is crazy and I'd ask them to search inside themselves and think of the one thing that they clung to so long and if they could just cling to it for one more day for one more hour for one more second and if tomorrow does come then I'd ask them to cling to it a bit tighter and not worry about the day after tomorrow but just in this moment just take each day exactly. and each hour as it comes because all it wow. gets better in the end if it's not better it's not the end it's not the end I hear you I think this is a beautiful way to end our podcast thank you so much for your time there's a lot that I've also learned about um, well mainly depression because mm-hmm. that's what we were talking about so to anyone who is going through the most take take it one hour at a time you know it doesn't have to be one day I, I think I like that um, take it one hour at a time because what was the quote you said better in the end if it's not better it's not the end so don't end it guys thank you very much I hope you do join in uh, for our next podcast I don't know when it's going to drop but I hope you did enjoy this one and you did learn a lot uh, now we know how to treat people that suffer from mental illness disorders and I hope that you guys will become better friends to those that need you and as Michelle said if this person has been down in the dumps and then all of a sudden they're here please watch out because we cannot lose any more young people to depression to anxiety to we just can't keep on losing our generation um let's let's be better people let's be better friends for our friends just because it's not asthma just because it's not uh diabetes or cancer it doesn't mean it's not real so to everyone who tuned in thank you very much and we'll see you next time bye Bye, michelle thank you so much my darling